So God's peace doesn't include confusion. So then, the peace of Christ he gives doesn't have trouble, fear, anxiety, confusion associated with it. And as we saw earlier in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it's not tied to circumstances because he says he wants to give us peace in every circumstance. Welcome to this Friday edition of Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And Greg, give us a snapshot of what we'll learn today. Well, Dave, today we're going to continue our look at the heart attitudes that we as believers should have in Christ. And specifically, we're going to see that we should have the peace of Christ ruling our hearts. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, let's turn our Bibles together to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 15. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, today's message is one you'll want to share with a friend. Just tell them to visit etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. They'll find today's broadcast as well as a host of other archived broadcasts waiting there for them. Our web address again is simply etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Now, Scripture reveals that God is characterized by peace. Indeed, he is named the God of peace multiple times. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. The God of peace, he's the one who does it. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now the God of peace who brought up the great shepherd from the dead, the blood of the eternal covenant through that, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The God of peace does the work. Romans 15:33 Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. He's not the God of confusion. He's not the God of fear. He's not the God of anxiety. He's not the God of strife. He's the God of peace. Romans 16:20 And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Hey, he's going to take care of that, right? Now we see also in scripture the term the Lord of peace. It's interesting. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, mark this verse. You can write it down, make a note of it, or just remember it. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Isn't that a great verse? In every circumstance. That's God's desire. The Lord of peace. He's the sovereign over peace. You want peace? It comes from the God of peace, the one who is sovereign over true peace. The world has its own peace. God has his peace. Yes, say. Very important. And we know from Isaiah 9-6 that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. And in our passage, we see that it is the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ. The term Christos uh, and its Hebrew counterpart speaks of the Anointed One. It speaks of the King. It speaks of the One who would reign on David's throne forever. The One who would need to suffer first for the glories to follow. It speaks of the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. And so here, may the peace of the Messiah, the Anointed One, the King, who died for you and rose from the dead, may that one actually be that which is ruling in your heart. The peace of Christ, or Christ's peace. May the peace of the exalted Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who we are setting our minds on, may that be ruling your hearts. So then, first of all, God is characterized by peace. 
And we see that his son is characterized by peace, being God the Son. And we see that it's the peace of Christ. Now the world, I mentioned, is looking for peace. The world's looking for it. The world wants peace and it will never receive God's peace apart from trusting in Jesus Christ. You see, because their peace is not a true peace. You see, sin is in the way. God declares in Isaiah 57, verse 21, There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There's zero of God's peace. There's zero of God's peace for the wicked because sin is in the way and peace comes from God in a real relationship with Him. The only way to have peace is to have a true relationship with the Lord of peace. You see, when we encounter God's grace through Jesus Christ, we receive His peace. When you believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, we first of all have positional peace with God. We were at enmity. There was no peace. But we receive that peace Having been justified by faith, therefore, Romans 5, 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He himself, Ephesians chapter 2, is our peace. He brought together in salvation Jews and Gentiles. He brought together those groups in one group in Christ, and he's building them up, Ephesians chapter 2. He himself is our peace. We know from Colossians chapter 1, if you look back a little bit, Verse 19, for it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, that's Jesus Christ, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross through him. It is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we have peace with God. So if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're not trusted in him, believing he died for your sins and rose from the dead, you don't have peace, but you can have peace today. Peace with God and then practical peace in every circumstance you will allow him to have in your life. It's up to you as we'll see how much you allow him to have peace in your life. He's willing to give you peace in every circumstance if you'll allow it. And we'll see how that's done. So then, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our peace and you'll have peace with God. So we receive positional peace when we're reconciled through faith in Jesus Christ but all these different circumstances we have. I'm sure you've maybe had a lack of peace today, driving on the road here, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be, something's happened. You hear of something that's distressing, whatever it might be. Look at the news. That'll suck your peace right out right away, right? The reality is there's a lot of things that cause us to not have peace. But as we've seen, it is God's desire that we have peace in every circumstance. That's his desire. And he is the Lord of peace, and he'll do it if we allow him. You see, God's desire is to have peace, and it's also his desire for that true peace, not a faux peace, not a world's peace, but that true peace to rule in our hearts. So what does this practical peace look like, biblically speaking? What does that look like? What does God's practical peace look like? What does that look like? We read this earlier, but turn to John 14. So we've seen positional peace through Jesus Christ. Now what about practical peace? What does it look like that we should have? And I don't want to answer this from my own wisdom or understanding or experience. I want to answer it from the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? John 14, 27. This is the night that the Lord Jesus was betrayed, and he is going to be leaving them, going to the cross, and he is sending, as we'll see, his Spirit. And he says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. I leave it with you. He says, my peace I give to you. 
That's Jesus' peace. That's the peace of Christ. He says, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled. Let it not be fearful. Well, first of all, we see God's peace doesn't have trouble involved with it. God's peace doesn't have fear involved with it, right? If we've got God's peace, we don't need to be troubled or fearful, right? We're going to see that, right? We know from Philippians 4 that this peace is a peace that surpasses comprehension. Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication. Verse 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension. You can't figure it out. It's beyond what you could think. Okay, That's another element of God's peace. Well, guard your hearts and minds in Christ. He said, guard your heart. Guard your heart. So God's peace doesn't have anxiety in it. You want to know what God's peace is? If anxiety's there, that's not God's peace. It's not there. When you got anxiety, God's peace is not there. Notice in 1 Corinthians 14, God's peace does not exist in the context of confusion. 1 Corinthians 14.33, I'll read this. In the context of the Corinthians who were messed up in their service and how they were messed up in the way they were doing things. It was out of order. It was confused. It says, for God is not a God of confusion, but peace. If you've got confusion, that's not God's peace. Now, guess what? We get confused. But when we yield over to Christ, he gives us a peace, and that confusion goes away. You see? So God's peace doesn't include confusion. So then, the peace of Christ he gives doesn't have trouble, fear, anxiety, confusion associated with it. And as we saw earlier in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it's not tied to circumstances because he says he wants to give us peace in every circumstance. You see? I'm going to read that verse again because it's so wonderful. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. A lot of good 3.16s. No, those aren't inspired, but a lot of good 3.16s, right? Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. So then peace is not based on a circumstance, it's based on the Lord who grants it. Yes, sir. And we know, I mentioned it already, that it guards our hearts and minds, suppresses comprehension. We know from James chapter 3 that his peace is a characteristic of his word and his wisdom. James 3. You can turn there, James 3. You see, whatever wisdom you're functioning by, it's going to manifest in your behavior, and thus you're going to see the result, whether it's peace or not. You're functioning by your own wisdom, analyzing your circumstances. Guess what? You're going to get upset. You're functioning by his wisdom and his ways. He's going to give you peace. James 3.14 But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant so as to lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural. Everybody says, natural is good. Well, it's not good here. Earthly, natural, and demonic. It's from the world, Right? It says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. Don't be so arrogant to think that if you're functioning by world's wisdom, you're functioning by God's. You're not, because all that stuff is the result of it, right? But the wisdom from above is first pure, then what? Peaceable. Gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and of good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We're going to see there's a lack of peace in the church these days. There's a lack of peace in the body of Christ, and it shouldn't be. Okay, I'm not saying compromise. In no way ever is God saying peace through compromise, peace through sin. That's hypocrisy. No, 
Not at all. It's peace through letting Christ rule your heart and amidst the circumstances that are happening in your life. So then, the peace Christ gives doesn't have trouble, fear, anxiety, confusion, jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, conflict associated with it, but it guards our hearts and minds and surpasses comprehension. So if you want to know what God's peace is, Christ's peace, there's a little helper for that, biblically speaking. Okay? So this wonderful continual peace God is willing to grant us in every circumstance, that's God's desire. But how does this happen, practically speaking? Does it just happen out of thin air? Boop, I got it. How does it happen? Scripture reveals the impediment to God's peace, certainly in salvation, but also in sanctification, which is sin. That's the impediment to God's peace. And also a lack of faith is an impediment to God's peace, as we'll say. Indeed, we have positional peace with God, but we can lose his practical peace when we choose to allow sin to control us or we choose to allow our understanding to control us rather than the will of God and the God who gives his will in the word. Now, something that's also missed here is the relationship between God's peace and the Holy Spirit. There's a relationship here. Indeed, we all know this. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is first love, joy, peace, right? The fruit of that. Now, if you read that passage, he's exhorting these Galatians who are having some spits and spats because they're being sanctified by the flesh. They got some problems there rather than allowing them to be sanctified by the Spirit. They've bought into some false teachers. The reality is he's saying, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of flesh. Let the Spirit of God guide your walk. Let the Spirit of God, as we see through the Word of God, guide your walk. And the fruit of that is going to be love, joy, peace. Look back in John 14, because we're going to see again the relationship between the Spirit of God and peace. Spirit of God, and, and we'll see the Word of God in that. It goes together. John 14, we're going to go back a tiny bit just to verse 26. Notice this, how it's together. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance the things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. Who's he leaving? He's leaving the Holy Spirit. The peace comes through the person of God himself, the Spirit, working in the heart of the believer who is yielded and not sinning and trusting Christ. He uses his Spirit through the Word to give us peace. Indeed, we see that. What does Romans 8, 6 say? I'll read it for you. For the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. When I set my mind on the things of the Spirit through the Word of God, rather than my perceptions and everything's happening, I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have His peace, you see? Later on in Romans chapter 14, when he is exhorting the weaker in the faith and the stronger in the faith, exhorting both of them, he says in Romans 14, For the kingdom of God, verse 17, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brings forth the peace of God in the yielded life of the believer who is obeying and trusting the God of the Word, right? We see that. Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this peace is not disconnected from the Word of God. We already saw that he would bring to remembrance through his Spirit the things he has said, God's Word. And then a little later in John 16, Jesus says in verse 33, 
These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. I've spoken the things to you that you may have peace. He says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. God's word by the Spirit gives us peace. What about Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 3, you can turn there. It's through the wisdom of God, which was revealed in the word of God. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and what? Peace they will add. That's God's word. By the Spirit of God will add peace. You know, people go to counselors because of the lack of peace. They go to counselors because of all the problems. Why don't the counselors share the word of God? Share the truth from the wonderful counselor. And we need to come alongside us. We'll see admonishing and teaching and caring for others when they are caught up to graciously, gently point them to the God of peace, that his peace would rule their hearts, that they could see where their mind thinking isn't right, and they would turn and trust the Lord and have peace, right? We're to be peacemakers. Happens in all different ways. You think of peacemakers as simply those who make peace between parties. That's true. But we are those who can bring forth the truth concerning the peace of God in the life of one who knows the Lord. Proverbs 3.13, a little farther down. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Context is God's word. And the man who gains understanding for its profit is better than silver and gain than fine gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares to her. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Verse 17, her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peace. The word of God, by the spirit of God, and the true believer brings God's peace. God wants you to have peace in every circumstance. But it doesn't happen out of thin air. You've got to be walking by the Spirit. You've got to let the Spirit of God use the Word of God to change your mind, to change your heart about your circumstances, to see it from His perspective. It's a process. It's the renewal of the mind. That's what it's called. And within that, obedience brings peace. Obedience to God's Word. Disobey, sin, no peace. Think about after the Philippians passage about being anxious for nothing. If you go past that, you can look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Obedience brings peace. When we do what God says, there's peace. Now that's not a rote doing, but a real doing, okay? Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good or pute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind only sense. Get your mind on Jesus. Because he's the only thing worthy of praise in what he's done, right? The things you have, look at this. The things you have learned, that's from the word of God, received and heard and seen in me, that's from the apostle Paul, that's the truth. Practice or do these things and the God of peace shall be with you. Obey God's word and you're going to have peace. Be anxious for nothing, you're going to have peace. Obey God's word. I guarantee when you disobey, peace is gone. What a great God we have. What a wonderful passage. There's different versions. Isaiah 26, 3. The steadfast of mind thou will keep in perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. It's focused on Jesus. Not upon, oh, this is happening here. Oh, it's happening here. Oh. Focused on Jesus. Know what he says here? Because he trusts in thee. It's not simply having his word by his spirit, obeying it. There's a faith underneath. You're trusting in the Lord Jesus. 
You will not have his peace if you're not trusting in Jesus. You see, it says in Isaiah 23, 4, the next verse, trust in the Lord forever. For in the God of the Lord, we have an everlasting rock. Trust in the Lord. When we allow the Spirit of God to work through the Word of God in our hearts to change and renew our minds, when we believe what God has said and trust in the God who said it, and when we step out in obedience, empowered by Him, led by His Spirit, we have peace. His peace. Now, back to our passage. He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by let the peace of Christ? We know what the peace of Christ is, don't we? We know how to get it, don't we? Yes, we do. We just shared that, right? So what does this mean? The term rule spoke of initially of the, 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 the uh, umpire at the games. And they would uh, basically, have, people would do the games, and at the end they would make a judgment based on whether they followed the rules or not. You're disqualified, or you get the prize. They made a judgment. Now this term came to speak of making a decision, deciding between, or arbitrating. Directing or controlling. Kind of interesting. This is where it gets difficult. So I go, wait a second, Lord, what do you mean here? Because peace from a human perspective is subjective. But from a biblical perspective, it's not. You see, if you let human peace based on your own understanding rule over your heart, you're going to be in big trouble. If you let the peace that comes when you obey Christ allow his word to work in you, that true peace, which believers know that, we know that, You let that be the arbitrator in our hearts. Let it rule in your hearts. You're tempted to get angry. No, let God's peace overrule. Let his peace rule in your heart. Let it be the arbitrator. When you're angry, that's not like his peace. It's not right. Something's wrong there. When we get frustrated, we get worried, we get anxious. That's not God's peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Don't let anger and wickedness and other things rule in your heart. Don't let reactions ruin your heart. Don't do it. We as believers are not to get upset when someone says something we don't like. We do sometimes. We've got to confess it. We should let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Let it overrule. You're walking with him. You're seeing it from his perspective. This is a command, by the way. It's not a suggestion. It sounds like a suggestion, let the peace. No, it's it's a command. The peace of Christ is to rule in your hearts. When we allow God's peace through the renewed mind by the Spirit of God, trusting in Jesus and obeying his word, that peace will arbitrate in our hearts and help us make right decisions concerning what is right. Let the peace control you. Don't let it go away through sin. Don't do it. So we can know when we have peace and we don't, don't we? Now, there's the faux peace. I know that. That's the faux. But we know the true peace of God. We know when we're yielded to Him. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. 
To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, in the few moments that we have left today, give me some practical next steps to take. Well, first of all, Dave, those next steps depend upon whether you know Jesus Christ, whether you have a personal relationship with Jesus, whether you've truly trusted in him for salvation, believing that he died for your sins and arose from the dead. If that's the case, then the next step is to make sure that I deal with any sin in my life. You see, if I've got sin in my life, I'm not going to have the peace of Christ. And yet when I allow God's word to dwell richly in my heart, as we'll see in the next few weeks, and I allow his spirit to lead me, there's a peace. And that peace I need to allow to arbitrate, to rule in my heart, to guide and help me understand when I'm truly walking with the Lord and when I'm not. Well, we've got a lot more to see in this wonderful passage, so I'd encourage you to make plans to join us Monday for our next edition of Equipping the Saints. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you'd like a complimentary CD of today's broadcast, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again on Monday, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a broadcast ministry of Equipping Bible Church. Yeah.